What are the top digital experience factors that differentiate the companies that excel in employee experience? George LaRogue is the founder and principal analyst of WorkTech. His decades of experience as a leader in HR, combined with his passion and deep understanding of technology, make him a unique and prominent voice in the digital transformation space. Let's find out what all enterprise leaders need to know about HR in the post-COVID era. I'm your host, Leah Siener, and this is Digital Adoption. Hey, George, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. It's nice to meet you. It's nice meeting you. So uh, I would first love to hear how you got into the space of HR, specifically HR and tech. I know it's also like a bit of a unique space and, you know, you're a big deal. You're a speaker. You're a thought leader. How did you get here? Give me and our listeners a little bit of a little bit of background. Yeah, well, um, it's it's really all I've ever done, not the speaking and analyst part, but I've been in the industry for uh, over 30 years now. And, um, you know, looking back, it feels like a very logical flow and the story always sounds that way. Um, uh, but, you know, like any career, it was a series of decisions. The, but the, the first that there were all decisions that were all unique, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the first uh, 10 years I spent as a practitioner. So uh, like a lot of folks um, in uh, Gen X, Gen X HR f- people, uh, we started in staffing and recruiting. And I started on the third party side uh, and then moved into onto the employer side. Uh, so spent about 10 years there, moved into HR, um, had a um, you know, worked across um, many of the functions um, except benefits. And then from there, I moved into tech. And this was, I spent about 10 or 11 years in tech launching a couple of the bigger brands in, in the space. So I always had a go-to-market focus. And that was in both um, an HR, talent management, and a recruiting and, and um, talent acquisition side of things. And then, um, so I sort of parlayed my experience as an HR person, as a recruiter, uh, leader in that field in, onto the tech side. Mm-hmm. And there I was helping um, the uh, tech providers. I really view, I was really like a translator. This is, this is what it really, HR really means. And this is what our buyers are really looking for. And a lot of my success was based on that understanding. And then after 20, over 20 years, um, I started helping um, both vendors, tech providers, and uh, practitioners and users understand each other as mm-hmm. an advisor and consultant. Then, And I had a lot of opinions about emerging technology. And then I started putting research behind those opinions, and I became started to be known as an analyst. And mm-hmm. so now I work with employers and with uh, tech providers and really at, at its base, at a basic level, I help them understand each other. And what that means is, you know, I'm looking at trends. I'm looking at all of the um, funding that's rolling into the market. I'm looking at uh, whether the funding is driving the trends or the trends are driving the funding, what's emerging and um, helping those, uh, the, you know, buyers of, of HR technology, users of HR technology and marketers of it understand each other. Wow, that's a really interesting story. And 
sounds like you're kind of like a self-made analyst. Like it was your own um, experiences <laughs> and interests and, you know, niches that you pulled together. And then, you, you know, like you said, you had opinions and then you needed to have the research behind those yeah. opinions. So yeah. I guess you had to become an analyst. I went, yeah, <laughs> That's I went. A great I, story. Yeah, I, in fact, I've been known to say that I went kicking and screaming into the analyst <laughs> thing. I, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, when I was um, just, you know, doing consulting and advisory work, you know, 10 plus years ago, uh, they started re- referring to me as an analyst because I was writing, right? And mm-hmm. I would say, oh, I'm not an analyst. And then, um, as I'm, as I was working in the field and really getting in some emerging trends, you know, at the time with the middle market and employee experience, I really wanted some data behind it. And then I just said, okay, I'll embrace this analyst thing. So you picked up on, yeah, that that's spot on. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. So that also probably means that the subjects that you're writing on and that you're speaking about are subjects that are really close to your heart. So I'm curious, why, why tech? I mean, why did that start to feel important to you? And why do you think that that's such an integral part of successful HR, successful business? Like, do you, did you have like an aha moment or something like that, that you kind of remember or a time when you were like, oh, this is the direction I'm going to go in? You know, it's always been a, a big part of what I've done when I was a recruiter, uh, the emerging, all the, all of the emerging companies uh, that I worked with, all of the big hiring companies, this was up in the Boston um, area in the U S it was all tech. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time where, um, where before I moved on to the tech provider side, um, the last thing I did in the practitioner world is I had a consulting company. We had about 50 people and we did HR and, um, and recruiting. Um, we, we would have been called a, an outsourcing firm back mm-hmm. today, but back then we were just consultants. We took over the process for startups and emerging tech companies. And it was at a time, this was um, early nineties to mid nineties where the internet was coming up, the web was coming up. And we were taking employers onto the web. So things that are taken for granted now, like we, yeah. I, I was thrown out of conference rooms because I was suggesting you should put all of your jobs on your website. Wow. And it was, you know, it was um, as silly as that sounds. Um, you know, I was in major debates over uh, whether you could actually find people and hire them from the internet, you know, and it was at a time where um, job boards didn't exist, things like that didn't exist. And never mind thinking about um, web-based platforms uh, for, you know, managing HR. And, you know, we were talking about the future and where this was all going. And so it was always really natural for me. So there was a a tech provider in the area um, that was in recruitment at the time. And they were doing um, mainly the, turning resumes into data, you know, paper resumes into data. And this was the, um, the precursor to what became Brass Ring. And uh, they were building a web-based platform. They became a customer, a partner. I helped them with the product. And then that was my first jump onto the tech side. Uh, was with them and I ran global sales for them. Um, so that was my first entree onto the tech side, but it was always 
I've had a career of sort of moving into new HR into new technologies. Yeah. So you had the foresight then to say, to see that the internet was going to completely transform and change HR and particularly the recruiting process. I mean, that's almost unimaginable to me to try to picture a world in which job searching and recruiting does not happen online, you know, just because I'm, a different time, a different generation. I mean, I do remember when the, I actually do remember the internet, like when that started, I remember yeah. that, but I was a little kid, yeah. you know, it's, it's like very, very, very far away to me. So all of these work processes have been online as far as I've been a working person. And I cannot imagine a time when they weren't. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and it's, it's been, um, relentless, right? The last 30 years, it's been, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just, yeah. it has not stopped. It's been a one transformation after another. So first it was getting online, then it was getting on the web, then it was, you know, uh, moving into different um, uh, processes across HR, then, you know, it just moves into it just, you know, the technologies that were used, the experiences that were delivered, um, it's, it's been one wave after another, um, you know, over, you know, I, I, there, it feels like there have been at least five or six different waves of, of technology that have, you know, moved through the industry. Um, the most sustainable one is probably the cloud and, and, you know, what that's meant for mobile and so forth. Yeah, totally. So I would love to hear actually on that topic, like, what do you think is kind of happening to HR, especially recently as digital transformation just continues to accelerate? And, you know, maybe also like some of those you said, like five waves, like what are those more recent milestones where you're like, okay, this is the new HR technology reality until next time, you know, like what, what, what does that really look like? Yeah. Well, um, so around transformation, um, you know, I, so I work globally and uh, I'm talking to employers that are anywhere from a, even a middle market company that's in high growth, uh, a few hundred employees, um, all the way through to large global enterprises with, you know, um, uh, tens or hundreds of thousands of employees. And I would say there, there are, you know, what's happening to HR. I see, you know, two types of HR organizations when it comes to transformation. There's the HR organization, uh, that is a, is a part of the transformation, the business conversation about transformation. And, and that's, um, the, those are companies where the culture, um, is important. People are put first. Um, any business decision, um, the HR business partners are part of the conversation. You know, how will this impact the, the people that are the business? Um, and then the other group, and I'm, and I'm you know, generalizing for the sake of the conversation, but the, the other side are reactionary, right? So those con- they're not a part of that conversation. And they're reacting to um, the new direction, the new strategy, or to the um, the decision that's been made to move in a in, with a with a certain platform or a certain you know um, type of technology, and um, and in those uh, you know the 
in those environments, um, those two different, you know, um, groups, the, um, you know, obviously being part of the former, the first group, you're, you're able to strategize, you're able to impact um, what the decisions are about the technology that you're implementing. Um, you, you have more of a partnership with IT, uh, with the CFO, you've got more, um, and with the CEO for that matter, and you've, uh, you've got more control over, um, you know, aligning your, getting the right technology for the programs that you're implementing. The, the latter, you're much more reactionary. Um, you know, you're being handed a platform. You're being, um, you know, IT is moving you in a, in a, in a direction. And a lot of the decisions that you're making are sort of downstream and you're trying to connect. Sometimes they may have made decisions to adopt a technology that doesn't really support that bigger picture transformation or business goal. And they're aligning and adapting, you know, after the fact. And so they're, they're, it's, it's ripe with challenges. But, um, so that's the first thing I would say. I see, I see those two, um, you know, groups around your question as far as the, the actual waves of technology. I think the, um, you know, HR, um, su- this is surprising for a lot of folks to hear, but, HR was really a very early adopter of the cloud. Uh, be, and it was not, it was, and it was because if you go back to, you know, uh, the late 90s, early 2000, when SaaS was really, you know, emerging, um, that was a time when, you know, if you didn't build your company's product, support your company's product, sell or market your company's product, um, you know, that's where IT was spending its time. IT was aligned with, you know, the revenue and aligned with the customer. And um, it was hard for HR at that time to get the support of IT. So um, the SaaS and what, what you know, grew into the cloud, uh, the promise was, you know, implement it and you don't need IT and you don't, you know, that was the promise, didn't necessarily deliver on it. But we, there was a, a massive wave of, um, of HR um, adoption for the cloud, I think, earlier than most people think that, that it happened. So, so that set up a, a, a good foundational level for um, really experience for HR leaders to get experience with the cloud and, and, and how important it is to pick a partner and not just, you know, technology and um, and understand uh, better what's possible, you know, in the cloud. So that 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 was sort of the foundational level. I think a couple of things that are um, happening right now that are really interesting: um, the conversational technology, so things like you know chatbots and uh, messaging platforms that are integrated across workflows. That is, um, if if you're not there. Now, uh, any part of HR that isn't leveraging that, both in for the internal employee experience and externally from a recruiting perspective, they will be in the next five years. That that will be a large part of the experience um, for employees at, at any stage of the of the life cycle. There's there's been adoption in key places, sort of the low hanging fruit from a recruiting perspective on websites, um, in high volume recruiting environments where you can see a lot of repetition. 
um, with things like um, benefits uh, selection and enrollment and onboarding um, places again a lot of trans a lot of data a lot of transactions to move through a, a very well-defined process but what's happening now is we're at, the tools are getting smarter and the um, the leaders in the space, are seeing that um, you know there's an application not just for example in high volume recruiting or in large enterprise, but there's an opportunity in every market segment and in every industry to um, to to pull HR up to a more strategic level by leveraging conversational technology and most importantly provide a better experience for for the uh, employees. That's probably the biggest. That's probably the biggest one right now. I think the other, um, the other interesting thing, while we've been talking about um, uh, employee experience for a really long time, there are real things happening in the space in, in the in in the world today that are um, societal and governance and compliance. So a combination of. Um, uh, initiatives, really important um, uh, matters like diversity, inclusion, equity within within an organization that are uh, are are both uh, the right thing to do and what you know the, these are um, uh, you know even an environmental sustainability as well, right? These are things that if somebody's working for you or or is thinking about working for you as an employee. They're looking for the right story, the right environment for them. Uh, and if you're an investor, uh, you're looking for, there's a, a huge wave of looking at those types of issues before you put your money into an investment. And now the SEC in the US has said, you know, starting later this year, if you're making claims, your public company on the SEC, um, and you're making claims from an HR perspective, you have to prove those claims in your, with data and a narrative. So that's all shaking itself out. And, but, but both the experiential level, like if you want to hire the best people and retain them, you've got to do the right thing here and you've got to have a story to tell, but also, um, you, you know, to be compliant and, um, you, you're going to have to tell that story. So that's also really interesting and it's shaking things up. Um, both at an analytics level and a, a core uh, platform level, because you need the right systems in place to be able to tell that story and move the organization in a direction where you're making progress. Yeah, those are all really good points. I feel like each time you finished a, a point, I was like, oh my gosh, I had all these thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, what? I was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was awesome. So I'll try to I'll try to like step back, you know, at first when you were talking about um, leveraging the digital experience for the full employee life cycle, I was thinking, yeah, but what does it have to do with recruiting? Like besides like, you know, having your job listings online. And then as I was questioning what you were saying, I thought of an example of something that just happened. So it's just like, it was like, wow, like, you know how we get so used to the digital experience being kind of this ever increasing part of life that we don't even realize we just yeah. take it for granted. But I have a friend who just was deciding between two companies and she, they literally both sent her contracts like the same week. 
And she really loved both of them. And she was really like debating what to do. And she told me this just happened like last week or something. She told me that um, one company, once they sent her the contract, they didn't use like DocuSign or whatever. She would have had to like print the contract, initial everything, take a picture with her iPhone, use an app to attach it in an email and send it back to the HR person. And that the other company had everything like super seamless, like, you know, the initial you do it one time and then you just click like apply one time and it's like, boom, boom, boom. Thank you for signing the entire contract. Have a great life. And she was like, I know that this is a bad way to make a decision, but I just feel like the fact that they had that experience for me, or I don't know if she used that technical word, but the fact that it was made like that made me have an insight into what the experience would be like working there. And it just was so much more appealing. Yeah. Like I found myself being like, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, who makes you print anything anymore? They're probably going to be horrible, you know, like, and that one little thing before her real experience in that company even started she was, it was so off-putting to be asked to like print something in 2021 when the other company just offered the most seamless, easy option. Um, So I think that that was brilliant that you were like, this starts from, you know, the recruitment that if you're not willing to leverage technology that's available, you can lose people before they've even started. Yeah, and you know the um, the thread that that I'm that I pull through all of HR is like especially around recruitment. We've been talking about candidate experience around experiences like your friend had, um, and you know, even worse, just you know, you apply for a job, and you know, she was lucky enough to she's discerning between two offers, right? Uh, there's so many people that apply for jobs and they still don't hear anything back, and we've been yeah. talking about that for. 20 years. And there's no reason for that to be the case. Like there's no reason why you shouldn't get an email or some sort of communication that says, we, we got your, we got your application and we'll, we'll get back to you if we're interested. Um, And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is there are places where not only is that happening, but, you know, there, there's real-time communication that's driven, you know, sure it's by a bot, but, Candidates feel so much better about it when they know, okay, my my resume or my application was received, and I know what the next step is if there is one, or um, I can go back and check in on my status. You know, if I text this number, and these are things that um, if you if you carry that through, you know, imagine when you're an employee and you've got a uh, a claim on your benefits and you need a quick answer. You're, uh, you're having a child. You've got a new dependent. You're adopting a child. You, you need to know, uh, you know, how, what do I do to put them on my benefits? Or, um, or you've got a death in the family and what, what's available to me for time off? You know, do I need to pick up the phone or do I need to write an email and, you know, even have that conversation with someone? Or can I, you know, um, can I interact and get what I need and qualify it in a way that's 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 interactive and and giving me what I need to 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 get the job done at hand and move and move forward? You know that's yeah. that's that's key and that's that's where we're headed. Some are a little further along than others, but um, but it's a big. There's a wave. This wave is happening now. I, I think we're in this 
this um, new new wave of maturity. It's like the you know HR technology 3.0 or something, whatever you want to put, whatever name you want to put on it, where automation and experience are going to just um, you know accelerate vastly over the next few years. Yeah. So I feel like that a word that came to mind when you were describing um, that experience or that positive experience is kind of like the thought was frictionless in my mind is like, we're just trying to like absolutely decrease the friction as much as possible between, like you said, the job that you need to get done, the task that you need completed and whatever steps you need to take to get there. And it's just, I think that the better technology gets, the less friction there is between your thought, your need and that end goal. And it's just like constantly lowering that level. And the other thing that, that I was thinking that you were describing really, really well is kind of rehumanizing a lot of the technology that's come out over the years that now with this, with these engagement technologies and AI and chatbots and we're able to kind of like rehumanize the situation, even though everyone knows that it's an automatic reply, it still feels good. It still right. feels good to when you've sent something out to a company and you've put yourself out on the line to get a response. And it's okay that you know that it wasn't an actual person sitting there to get, Hey, you know, Leah, thank you so much for applying. We'll get back to you within a week. If you'd like to check on your status, you know, like you said, it's okay that it's an automated message. You know, it doesn't, to me, that doesn't detract from the human aspect of we're making sure that you get a response from us and that we're in touch with you. It's okay that it's a robot. You know, it's kind of funny because we're almost backtracking on the technology that we've created. Now we're coming back to it and we're like, let's make this feel better. You know? well, yeah, I mean, think of, of your friend, you know, um, your friend wasn't confused that uh, whatever tech that was, whatever uh, signature, you know, platform they used was a human, but they felt that the company put enough thought into that experience um, that it made a difference. And And your friend is probably right that they are probably putting that kind of thought into uh, most of the experiences that she'll she'll have um, as an employee, um, and uh, that's that's a big part of this. And I, I think it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of change coming and a lot of um, you know there, there isn't a lot of change that we're going to have to go through as we move down this path. But it's certainly it, it's the right path to be going down. Yeah, that's another point that you made that I think was great, which is like especially with a lot of the HR influenced changes in company culture and transparency and inclusivity. This is, it's also the right thing to do. Like it's also kind of an evolution of um, becoming better people, I think. And like letting these HR goals that have always maybe been siloed more as like, Oh, HR cares about that. But we really know that the real business goals are this, 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 and this. And then we have to like humor HR and make sure everyone is smiling more or whatever. (laughs) It's like, no, in fact, those goals are actually really important business goals. Like you said, you get the investors behind you. You get people that want to be part of your company. The best talent are going to end up coming to the, the best places with the best value systems. And, you know, the, the company leaders that, 
involve them from the beginning, you know, to go back to one of your original points where you see companies end up kind of being in one of two categories, generally speaking, the companies that have the people in mind from the beginning and the companies that figure out what to do with the people as an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe just to follow up on that, I mean, I mean, you made the point, it seems pretty obvious, but what's happening to those companies that can't prioritize their people from the beginning? I mean, is that where you really see that there ends up being a lot of, a lot of issues? And one in particular issue that we're very passionate about at WalkMe is digital adoption. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, what we're trying to solve, um, which I really think keeps coming back to being a people problem. I mean, on the one hand, you could say it's an IT problem, but I actually really think it comes down to being a people problem because if you're not prioritizing your people, whether you're talking about customers or employees, um, that experience is going to fall short, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, what, what do you see happening to those kinds of companies that fall into category B? Yeah, well, I, I think digital adoption is a good a good area to talk about that because uh, let's... Um, you know, when you think about um, the mistakes that are made, um, first there's this there's this you know massive speed of change, right? Things are coming at us. Uh, think about learning. Um, that <laughs> I always say that I really feel for the chief learning officer in a company because you know that's one of the areas that's so aligned with um, consumer behavior that yeah. they're it's like they've had to implement new technologies it seems like every three years like oh well it was massively online courses um, you know three years ago and now it's it's all you know casual learning it's learning from your peers oh and now it's you know something completely different so they're out looking for new platforms and new tools and that and the, that speed of change, you really need to think about who's taking the brunt of those waves of technology. It's the employee. The employee is going one place for my credentials or my learning um, and that to carry that example forward um, this year and next year, they're going to go to a different place. And, you know, last year, it, it, maybe they need to go to all these places. Like how do you factor for the adoption of that technology and the, some of the mistakes that are made um, is, you know, first off, there are way too many systems out there, right? So to expect that employees don't, you know, you don't wake up in the morning and, and think, you know, Hmm, what do I have to do today? You know, I wonder if I can log into my learning management system and pick up a new skill and get, get upskilled for the next week that nobody thinks like that. Um, so you need to be leading them, um, to to that point, right? You need to be bringing them there. So if you're, it may be that uh, the need for that comes out of a feedback conversation with the manager or uh, a performance review or some some transaction that's happening somewhere where we now, you, this employee now needs to go learn something, now needs to go get some information to do a better job. So where do they go to get that? Like that's, that's you know, how do we guide them to that system? What are the, what are the clicks? What are the, what needs to happen there? And it's, um, and it's not enough to point them to a portal uh, or point them to, you know, just videos. We, we really have to, to be there through this change with them and sort of walk that, that path with them with sort of context, if, yeah. if you will. 
Um, other mistakes, um, so, so too many systems and expecting that employees, I guess the mistake is ex- expecting that employees know uh, where and when they should be using each of these systems for to what to what end. Um, and, uh, you know, when you have so many systems as we do, just in HR, um, some of the data that that I've generated shows that we've got, um, you know, uh, 30 to 35 distinct applications in HR from, from payroll systems down to apps that you might use every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, where, where does an employee go for that? Um, what data needs to be moved manually or can, is it, is it flowing? You know, think about your, any experience you have with technology. You know, I entered this information over here and they're asking me for the same information in a different system, but it's still my employer. You know, that's, that's, is there a way to smooth that out or is there a way to just educate them that they're going to need that? Um, another big, um, mistake that's made is that, um, I think a lot of leaders confuse training for change management, right? Because that's ultimately what we're talking about is, you know, are we, you know, training someone on how to click on something is, is not helping them um, move, you know, navigate through change, right? Um, It's, it's, you know, the, the analogy of, um, you know, uh, just, yeah, how much is retained out of any given, you know, presentation, right? You usually walk away with three things, but you might need to know 10 in order to get your job done. And so how do we help them when they're doing the job? Um, and the other big thing that I see is th- those companies that are, you know, reacting and sort of not putting thought into the employee and to that experience, and they make some of these mistakes. Another big one is um, they tend to um, confuse uh, self-service with um, employee experience or the concept of self-service with putting the employee first. Mm-hmm. And um, I think self-service is not a bad thing if you have access to technology and you're at, you're able to do some, you know, do things on your own. Um, but, you know, when you, when you have access to a system and then you don't know where to go in it and you're not getting what you need um, to then have to back out of that system and, send an email or, you know, it t- everything takes longer. That is a, um, you know, there are all of this takes time, impacts productivity, impacts how they feel about their employer, their engagement, their sentiment. Um, and to, in today's climate where we're coming, we're starting to come out of a pandemic and we're, uh, we're starting to return to the office and, you know, we're largely looking at hybrid models. Um, and even if I'm, I can't work remotely or I don't have a hybrid environment, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm on the, I might be a frontline worker. I may be a shop floor worker. You know, I, I need to stop what I'm doing and access this information out of my work environment, you know, and, and I'm not at a desk. So it's just a, um, you know, ultimately it impacts, you know, attrition, you know, you, you lose good people in a, in a competitive job market. Um, It impacts productivity. It impacts revenue. Um, um, The, you know, this is, and this is all well, these aren't assertions, you know, there's a lot of data that supports that. Yeah. Oh, those are great points. I mean, you just, any listeners out there that are business leaders, you just gave them some very, good points on how to avoid 
employee experience fails. I feel like, you know, <laughs> it's like, don't confuse self-service with the actual, um, what's the word? You phrased it very well. Um, yeah, with the employee experience or, employee you know. Yeah. Right, self-service, right. Just because a, a product or a software or a function is supposed to be self-service doesn't mean that that's now you're, you've washed your hands of that employee's experience. I mean, if you, if they can't adopt the technology, then it's not going to do its job. Um, I feel like that's a really great bottom line and thinking about the employees from the beginning um, before we run out of time, I want to ask you about your podcast. Can you share with us a little bit about it and, and what oh. you cover and yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, it's HR market watch. Um, and it's, you know, it's everywhere podcasts can be found, but, but it's, um, it's on the HR happy hour network as well. Uh, and at, uh, uh, one, the word one worktech.com. That's where I'm at. And the podcast is, um, it is about all of this. It's about emerging technology and it's, um, about, trends and uh you know i tend to dig in on um areas where uh most hr leaders i think are, are thinking about um making different system changes or where the market's going and that's that tends to be what i'm what i'm talking about that sounds awesome i'm excited to tune in <laughs> um, and thank you so much for sharing these insights it's just really so much great food for thought and um I think that this space is just, you know, it's just going to keep rising. I mean, I just think that HR is really just becoming more and more strategic, um, especially in a post-COVID world where the employee experience has become pretty much the same as the digital experience. You know, it's like entire... Um, you know, employee worlds are being created and sustained online and through technology. And I just think that this is such an exciting time for HR. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you. Have a great rest of your day. You too.